0: Welcome to Foundation and Podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Foundation on Apple TV Plus. This week, we're covering season one, episode seven, titled "Mysteries and Martyrs." Respect and enjoy the podcast. All right, Aaron, what do you think of
1: "Mysteries and Martyrs"? Uh, I I want to see the Invictus fire up. I want yeah. to see it. I want to see it kill a world. Uh, I mean, that's that's, that's <laughs> any world that's, will uh, be,
0: You know? Yeah, best, best, yeah. That's whatever. that's
1: bloodlust on a cosmic scale but uh yeah no it 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 looks kind of fucking cool like uh, i've seen what the imperial battle cruisers look like with their little spears and open up black holes and thing i want to see this thing rip a rip a hole in time and space and kill a world sorry yeah, how do you think it does it sorry, does that it, makes me a monster does it generate <laughs> Uh, a black hole at the center of a world and just eat God, it, or I, I mean, yeah, would just like being in orbit uh, of a world while it uses its engine destroy it, like just rip it apart with tidal forces? Fuck, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, but, I want to uh, see it fire up too. I'm, I, I imagine it's probably just like a big laser, like a Death Star or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They've got some really unique ways to visualize things yeah. in this universe. Um, I, I really yeah I there's a lot of cool things I liked just from a world building standpoint like I thought some of that nanotechnology stuff remar- reminds me of a lot of uh, the Margaret Weiss's uh, Star of the Guardians where she had like uh similar kind of thing with imperial in some some kind of empire and they had royal blood but what it actually was was nanotech's running and it, it powered their technology and gave him kind of like force powers and. Th- th- this, this, like when they, they cut the guy's hand and instantly stitched back, I just thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of the other stuff, like this was, I guess, the three step Martin reveal. Like we had surmised a lot of, uh, what we had thought was going on with the Raish and the, uh, Harry Seldon and the Gale switcheroo. And this uh, episode did a lot to kind of crystallize that. Um, so yeah, I thought uh and and it was moving forward the story of the empire. I I am I I cannot imagine, you know, t- next episode supposedly is Goyer's favorite one that he thinks is going to really mm-hmm. flip her noodles and I, I just can't imagine where this this uh story is going to go. Uh it's probably replacing the one the cl- the, the the clone I ima- uh, I imagine, but uh <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that clone stuff they unfold in this episode that
0: it's not just like, hey, we've got a new Don kind of cooking while the old Don is aging. It's no, we've got clones of every every age ready to go we in case anything we were happens. We wondering about
1: this, and they're all instantly synced through some kind of Wi-Fi, mental Wi-Fi chip. It, it just, like, um, blows the doors off the possibilities, because, like... I,
0: there's another part of this episode that I really love which is the Halima stuff um and the, yeah. the what's going on with this great spiral and it's such kind of a a cool you know pilgrimage uh backstory mythos world building stuff for this religion um and at the end in what I think is a great uh a, a brilliant political play here um you know empire brother day says hey i'm gonna walk the spiral that combined with the clone stuff i, I wonder if there's any chance that he dies on the spiral because i don't i don't know that he's like equipped for this unless nano blood nanobot blood does well, something for your yeah. vitals or something because he doesn't ever make it outside the palace right he's not exactly hardened mm. uh no. to, to the weather conditions here on this planet but what if he were to die on this and you know his clone is sort of they cheat the system right they they could potentially bring a clone in and say, "Hey, he made it great he's fine, and he actually he made it in perfect shape you
1: know yeah i'm I'm wondering like uh if there's going to be You know, they do the equivalent of like leaving the marathon at the first mile marker and cutting through (laughs) you know a few blocks, and then and yeah, getting (laughs) and then running back. Like, are they or or this is kind of like what was that Bear Grylls guy? Like, oh, I'm out in the wilderness and I'm doing a grueling thing, and in between takes, they're staying at a five star hotel. Like, yeah, uh, will uh will any of the Zephyrs will Zephyr Halima like buy into that or she better sniff it out. And because mm-hmm. it seems like if he does die and then is reincarnated and tries to say, like, that's going to just play right into her hands. of like, well, of course, you know, you're soulless. You couldn't complete the spiritual odyssey. Yeah. So this is and, and this is the stuff
0: I loved about, like Game of Thrones. Right. This this back and forth push and pull
1: of the, the politics in play. And it's got to be telling that he has. We have no idea what the fuck the spiral is because the episode didn't do anything but show that is relatively grueling to the human physique and it like <laughs> yeah. blisters you and can blind you and can kill you. Um, and I think that yeah, like uh, it, it, I think you're supposed to understand that he's being foolhardy, uh, by doing this. But like I said, it might be it might be the thing he needs to cling the power for another generation.
0: Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll see for sure. Uh, the other part of this episode with Harry Seldon uh, is sort of consciousness coming back in the form of this ship um, digitized. I thought was super cool. Um, like he said that that three stage reveal stuff. Um, we'd guessed pretty much all this, but it was good to get confirmation. And I think the way that they explained it, how, you know, this has to do with the the, the reason they couldn't be together was not just because, you know, they were going to like, Oh, love each other too much. And that would throw off the course of history. No, it was, they both needed to be in different places and they didn't think he didn't think that they would ever let that happen unless he broke this up, uh, permanently. So yeah, I bought that explanation. I think a lot of people are going to, are going to start pointing fingers at this and saying, well, now he's predicting the actions of individuals using psychohistory. I know those arguments are coming. Um, yeah, I don't have great refutations beyond what we've already said for that stuff. So I'm not going to go super far into it, but I, I really appreciated this stuff. I liked it.
1: Yeah. And I think that. Uh, I think that people need this is something I've been kind of increasingly aware of as we look into the feedback is like this. People hung hang up about um, being unable to predict predict individual actions versus engineering the narrative. Mm hmm. Like there is a difference, and I feel like we've we've uh, described that. And then there's also some gray areas where it's like, boy, boy, the it's a fine line between engineering the narrative and predicting individual, especially when you're hairy and you're trying to react, rely on essentially your most trusted advisors to carry out their engineering part of the plan, right? You know, Mm -hmm. like if Raish like like Raish throws a monkey wrench, and who knows what the hell that's going to do. but, yeah, I, I thought that uh, I, I agree. I think there's going to be increasingly people who are just like, well, this is stupid. It seems like it's arbitrary. But to me, it's like, like I said, this feels like there's bright white lines and then there's gray in the middle. And that's where interesting stories are, are take place. And, yeah. and it, I, I guess it occurs to me we should do a better job of explaining our terminology. Uh, the three step Martin reveal mm. is something that came out of our Game of Thrones coverage. When I, I the, we we read an interview where Martin explains the way he likes to like do secrets and lore and like reveals for like big events is he 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 always has a three-step process where he has some hints that are so subtle that like only one out of a thousand readers will pick it up on like they're the very sharp or the people that just have a relation to the thing and then he throws some reveals that like people who are just you know kind of paying attention but Maybe you're not the the, the sharpest tack or that maybe they're not reading it the closest that they'll get it. And then there's the third step where he just essentially usually smacks you in the face with like, here's what's happening mm-hmm. just to make sure everyone is caught up before the story goes on. And I, and I feel yeah. like I've, I've seen when I became aware of that pattern, I see it in a lot of what I would call, you know, superior works of fiction. Uh, it's not hand holding you and it gives everyone kind of an opportunity to feel clever um and if you do it right even the people who are like you know getting slapped in the face still have that amazing kind of kind kind of reaction to it so i thought that yeah. the, the this this season seems to be doing the stuff around rache and Gail and harry uh in that kind of martin three step fashion so it's mm-hmm. like you know this is not new information but then again we're kind of like the 1% of people who are watching this two and three times and getting on the message boards and listening to the official podcast and reading the argentinian translations of short stories and you know do it. so like yeah it's 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 not new to us but then we've been looking at this stuff through a magnifying glass and a lot of our guesses have been right
0: yeah um it, you know the the piece of information i guess that is new here is that harry has uh transcended death uh not just as a martyr and as a, a symbol to the foundation but Sort of physically, right? He's digitized his consciousness. He can now appear and act as Harry. Of course, he can't be both a martyr and still alive in some form. So he can't really use this as like a, a way to personally become the faith the face of the foundation again, really. But he could exert some influence at, even after his death on the development of the foundation and
1: the course of uh, history here. What's well, also not clear to me. When he digitized his conscious is whether that's a perfect copy, whether this is like a construct, like it's, uh, you know, all of his memories. But, of course, you know, like, is it still, strictly speaking, human in his motivations and his desires and the way it, uh, you know, I, I notice there's a certain coldness about Harry. And maybe that's because, you know, we're 35 years after his death and things are gone wrong and he needs people to fucking shut up and start doing what he tells. I, I don't know but like it's uh-huh. i think it's an open question and it, this might be because i just read that the uh, children of time and there's a big plot about people loading their consciousness into various constructs and like what kind of resolution you get and what kind of degradation you get and like uh you know if if uh if once that consciousness construct lasts longer than human lifespans does anything weird happen like that's the great thing about these science fiction concepts is like Oh, he uploaded his consciousness. I know kind of what that means, but what flavor of consciousness upload are we getting? Mm Because, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a little. It's going to be kind of it's going to take me aback, I should say, if this is a 100% fidelity. This is just Harry Seldon, you know. Um, But on the other hand, I guess this version of Harry Seldon is very much a master manipulator. So, you know. If he can have a hundred percent good copy of him pulling the the ropes and, and the levers behind the curtain, maybe that's exactly what he wants. And he seems comfortable just fooling people, um, lying yeah. to them, manipulating them, even the people he's closest to for, again, the greater good. But that's still. Yeah, we had a taste uh, of
0: that early on in the season, like maybe episode one. Even we, we kind of understood that Harry was not above, you know, a little uh, right. nudging of history. Right. But yeah, now we see this. that he
1: is just full on engineering it. Yeah, come join this math contest to get you off this planet that you're probably marked for death on. Oh, you're going to get arrested by the empire and put on trial immediately. Huh, mm-hmm. Forgot to put that in the fine print. Shouldn't Should kill asterisk. you along uh, with me.
0: Yeah, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, your head might be in a chopping block. You might be taking a slow boat to nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might get framed for my murder. Uh, yeah, there's like there's all, all kinds of things he knew and didn't know and, and didn't share.
0: It's interesting, Um, though,
1: that his plan
0: seemed to involve Gale running Terminus. And obviously that didn't happen. But what does that look like if. I mean, does Gale go on even if the emperor decides to behead Harry or whatever right then and there during the trial? Does 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 Terminus ever get developed? Does Gale ever become the leader of
1: Terminus? Uh, I think that's yeah. That's the understanding I had that it looked like uh, the the if one of the middle paths the Emperor took was executing Harry and then exiling all of his students because he had quite the following, uh, to terminus and then Gale, you know, would I okay. guess be the one who could you know most understand and she's the yeah. one would be pouring over the sacred texts and reveal like yeah yeah you can I mean they they nakedly make the allusion to religion here, mm-hmm. uh. You know, she's like, this, this wasn't what this was supposed to be. You're not a God. And, um, but, uh, Harry's like, well, I'm not, not a God <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any more than emperor is interesting. Interesting stuff. A, mm-hmm. a new side to Harry for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get into the actual episode recap,
0: but first let's take a quick break. There's no voiceover this time. Instead, we jump right into uh, where we left off. Salvor's piloting Hugo's ship to the Anthor Belt, where they find the Invictus. Uh, they have the Imperial officer whose nanobot-infused blood is the key to boarding, but Invictus descent- defense systems are still active, um, so they're going to have to be careful how they approach it. Because uh, the Anachrons have already lost two ships attempting
1: to get onto. Yeah, that was all. I mean again this is stunning space opera this establishing shot of what is it the beggar the vagabond i forget what the, i don't the, remember the name the, the the uh the dickinson street urchin whatever this guy's ship's the, the name razor is. crest i think uh it, it, yeah it floating <laughs> it floating through space in this like you know and this is another sci-fi trope uh asteroid field this dense right um you know just 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 loaded with bric-a-brac and all that stuff uh it it's right out of the of the hoth system uh but it is undeniably cool i mean this is mm-hmm. kind of the swashbuckling this is the intersection of the hard sci-fi and the swashbuckling uh kind of 40s and 50s serialized science fiction that uh, i i quite enjoy um, Yeah. so i i liked it i liked it and there's a lot of like little hints because i'm i'm I have some theories about stuff that's happened in this episode that relies on you paying attention to these abandoned mining facilities yeah. and the fact that Hugo is very familiar with them. Um, and uh, yeah, I, what do you think about that? Kind of like, you know, they're, they're, they're telling, not showing, but like revealing here in episode seven, like what the empire's contraction has kind of done to the outer systems. Uh, I thought it was a really cool piece
0: of world building because um, we just skipped over all that right so you know of course the empire would withdraw <laughs> their technological support after the the terrorist quote-unquote terrorist attack um,
1: so yeah it makes kind of perfect sense yeah i, I couldn't help but draw allusions to afghanistan You know, of course, this was all done before Afghanistan fell. But, you know, uh, a lot of smart people said, oh, the army would last for three or six months, a year. But without the United States actively providing like intelligence, uh, material support, maintenance to the equipment, uh, they were taught a very United States way of doing warfare. And then all of our superior information capabilities and and logistics and things like that were taken from them. And they didn't know what to do. They fell. And I feel like that's the exact. It's not it's not that the empire bombed the shit out of Anacreon and Thespis. It's that they then just completely withdrew and all that technology that they relied on to make their technology work uh, just crashed and whole industries died. Probably, you know, like even, yeah. even more devastating than the attack on their homeworlds was the economic uh, you know, devastation. So, yeah. It's I thought that was in the tension between like, you know, this this guy uh, Hugo uh, making his own way versus had you abandon your people versus what's one less mouth for you know to to, to be sc- scrapping over what's left over. I, I thought that stuff was really really interesting and well done. Yeah, I do get the feeling that uh, Farah is not
0: totally wrong here. Um, I, I think Hugo is using this justification of one less mouth to feed to make himself feel better partially um, yeah. about you know taking to the skies here, but. Yeah, I think there's also it's not a wholly unjustified justification.
1: Yeah, I mean it's one of those things like it's hard to judge a refugee's justification for their actions, you know, because sure. they're they're by definition, you know, uh, desperate. Mm-hmm. I and I guess we're going to grant that you can't just cut your way into this battle cruiser like you can't yeah. pull an expanse and get a blowtorch out and just cut it. It's made out of some unobtainium tech that maybe an imperial team could cut their way into though they wouldn't have to but because I was like thinking it's like do I really buy and I'm like yeah I guess with the technological level that the Anacrians have shown and how like the Empire is just a whole other level beyond them mm-hmm. yeah they probably it, it probably is beyond even the tech of Terminus at this point to to brute force their way into it so they have to you know uh, I guess my, my, I will, I will renew my objections for their wanton pell-mell destruction of so many specialists and scientists on terminus. Cause I don't know, maybe bring two or three hyperspace mm-hmm. engineers and environmental technicians. <laughs> if you're going to have, have a few kicked in some cooling reactor pools or whatever. Yeah. They seem um, to be dropping oh, like flies just now. <laughs> but uh, what are you, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? They only had the one commander. I get that. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. So they established that you know he also has the nanotech in his blood, and that that is the key to getting into the Invictus, like you're talking about. Um, showing that it's not just you know the emperor who has this stuff. It's yeah, everyone who kind of serves the emperor. I do wonder how far that extends and how how you know low in the ranks that goes. Does Azura have um does a gardener for yeah or, right? Does does a gardener get the nanotech um? Does the person she's talking about with this some you really think you're the first who wanted that nanotechnology out? Does she did she take it
1: out? How would she interface with the palace? Like, I assume this stuff is really. Yeah. And I and and I think it's telling that they reveal this technology all in the same episode, even though it's it's, it's kind of forked into two different things, because like this is going to be a big part of like, I think the puzzle going forward. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I, yeah, there, I got, I, I got so many theories about what's going on with the, the youngest Cleon right now.
0: And, and it's slightly different from the genetic uh, identification stuff. The terminus is doing right there. There seem, they seem to be using some sort of genetic scan, not nanotechnology
1: right. that transmits, but to related it, so because it's gotta be. Yeah you know salver can can like even though the technology is described as archaic and very old uh it's something that she is able to essentially move a couple jumpers on uh <laughs> on a imperial circuit board and, and re-encode it for everybody so it's not yeah like alien tech you right know? right so i i don't know all this stuff is really cool and
0: like i said it opens kind of doors to possibilities here
1: and they had to, they, they, it, right before we get to the rules of the space jump because we're about to explain them um they're getting suited up and Salvor. there's this key surreptitiously asks Hugo if he she thinks those mining bases might still have active comms, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I don't know, I'd have to check one out to see uh and then the commander surreptitiously mentions that he has a distress beacon uh in his head, and if he can get to something called uh Uh, a a dispatch capsule he can get word out now yeah that was confusing to me but it turns out it doesn't matter because he's going to get that distress (laughs) signal blown out the side of his skull so but the first the first thing about the mining colonies and their comms gear you might want to remember you Mm -hmm. might want to remember before you start crying too many tears about yugo yeah i think that's very much in play we we didn't set up the second part of this
0: scene but harden and the crew suit up they you know, jump off of the the ship they're on toward the Invictus and they land on it. Um, Hugo, though, misses the platform, misses the inner ring and just goes flying off into empty space. Uh, Yeah, I I guarantee he'll be back. There's no way he's not going to be back. They spent too much time building this relationship and she didn't have enough time to grieve or any time to grieve at all.
1: The, the the reaction we get is too small, so he's almost certain to get back. Yeah, although I will feel, because I, I 100% co-sign all that stuff. I think mm-hmm. they're doing a great job of showing that she is trying to sell her grief, but it's not like the grief... I mean, we've seen her lose her shit over her dad, right? Just exactly, like yeah. And I think Hugo would get, like, uh, in the neighborhood of a dad sized grief reaction mm-hmm. and, and this ain't it so I'm assuming but I'm going to feel <laughs> I'm going to feel vicariously bad if it turns out he's just dead it will I'm be kind of awesome, performance if that's the yeah. case uh, we just never see <laughs> uh, Hugo again yeah and I was looking for other signs because like you know he's got to get to like there is to put it mildly not a mining platform on this battle cruiser. Mm-hmm. So I was actually wondering if it, there there was going to be the hint of a facility in the asteroids beyond him as he was like floating in that direction. But I guess if he's if he's fibbing about his jets, he can just doesn't matter if he's not in the right direction for a mining thing. He can just jet like correct his course and and get going. Also, um,
0: uh, I don't know how familiar you are with the shape of a ring, but it has mm-hmm. like. Two opportunities to latch onto it if you miss the it's first true. one you it's got the other side of the side. ring
1: plus this is like rings within rings they, they mentioned the inner one is the only yeah. one that will latch you into the airlock but there's a whole bunch of other rings if you're just wanting to like grab onto something and kick off so mm-hmm. yeah no I don't I don't think we've seen the last of Hugo and I, <laughs> I mean there are other asteroids little... I
0: mean there's 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 true. Debris. there's matter yes. everywhere
1: here I mean he could definitely get a little uh boosts of
0: momentum so
1: um fair is a crazy person right oh yeah like if you you need the warden uh and and she's getting ready to make this precisely controlled jump that's perilous and you just like kick like this is something this is an ill-advised prank for like an experienced parachute team she's Mm -hmm. just crazy yeah i almost wanted like her second to shoot her a, a look when she did that like yeah like you're playing a little like yeah you, you need to prioritize yeah. your revenge levels and your goals <laughs> right. you know like yeah, fucking sure. with the warden is is way below activating this thing and ramming it up the empire's ass it seems to me anyway yeah uh, so then we go back over to the maiden uh where
0: the demmerzel and brother day are still docked um they're on their ship and brother day rightfully wants to know why she knelt in the last episode and boy this is the scene yep (laughs) i was waiting for he's not exactly impressed with her justifications and then an assistant comes in and reports that halima is now the front runner um to to take over the uh, proxima position
1: and day decides to figure out what halima wants uh from him i like that um Empire is smart enough to see the inherent uh, paradox here in what uh, you know. this yeah. is. This is begging the question, like literally, like, yeah, well, sure. how could how could I possibly betray the empire if uh, I, it's impossible for me to betray an empire? Everything that I'm physically allowed to do by my programming must be in furtherance of the empire, because otherwise I wouldn't allow to do it. It's a nice little tautology. And he's like, yeah, it's it's amazing how that uh conveniently justifies any action you could possibly take yeah uh interesting interesting but the thing is is i also think she's right you know yeah i mean understanding i guess the
0: laws asimov's laws of robotics the way that i do believe it believes me to think that this is not you know some grand plan by an evil robot i guess it's just the the views of what is good for the empire versus
1: brother day um are are slightly different and one of those takes precedence yeah and he you know also kind of threatens her with you know you're not exactly right with god on the old re- you know uh reincarnation cycle either and i wonder what the hell you mm-hmm. know uh, zephyr halima would think of that like threatening her with her contradiction of the faith. And obviously I don't think that uh yeah, I don't know what Demerzel thinks. Like does she, uh, cause unfortunately I've known a lot of like closeted Christians that were like gay that deny it because they want to maintain their adherence to the faith. So it's like, I wonder if, sure. uh, she could be like a self-hating ro- robot that Gosh. thinks that she is an abomination, but also God's right. So what are you going to do? uh i I wonder which possibility is is more to the, the 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 point that they're driving at and i wonder where the laws of robotics um
0: would intersect with just her belief system in the first place is this something that she can only do because she views it as being in the best interest like being a luminist is in the best interest of the empire or can she you know take actions outside of those laws without directly being ordered to That's a good if, question. if they don't like conflict with any of those laws Do, yeah, does like she have her own agency outside of those rules
1: yeah there's like and, and how far down does it go does like is when she's considering what dress to wear this like is it like a terminator vision where it's like right there's a green outfit and then yellow outfits and red those these are not loyal to the empire yeah, this is the one you got like like where how much personal yeah like would she be allowed to participate as a Luminist if this was against like broadly speaking, the empire, like where, how much autonomy does she have? Mm -hmm. Um, is there any kind of shades of gray there? Like, you know, we talked about, and I I think there are, and I think the day realizes that and gotta, we got a sneaky nefarious robot situations. What I'm saying. Yeah. Maybe not nefarious, just not working toward, uh, the immediate goals of the emperor. Who knows? I've realized I've kind of become an Imperial Loyalist. And this <laughs> I, is the thing. I have man. started to pull for like the genetic dynasty even though I've seen their monsters, but they're like Lee Pace is so charming. <laughs> and uh <laughs> he is. You know, Brother Dusk has got such amazing gray hair that I've I'm yeah, I, this mm-hmm. I'm a fucking Imperial bootlicker it turns out. All right. We got to talk about the next scene because this is I'm where I, where I, I try to lick a the conflict. boots and just the, the gold shield won't let me. I just, ah, I just <laughs> slow tongue, tongue gets the worm. Aaron. The, Come on. the slow tongue tastes <laughs> the boot. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. Let's talk about the next scene because yes, I need to talk about this uh, in my, my personal conflict. Uh, Brother day visits the uh, camp outside of the great spiral, which is a luminous Holy site. And tries to negotiate with Halima, and she makes it crystal clear that she is not willing to negotiate at all. Um, okay, is Halima a protagonist? Because when I when I watch this scene, and when I watch the scenes before, I find myself not rooting for any of these people to succeed. The, the, maybe, maybe Dimmerzel, maybe, but. I, I, know, I know that the Empire is not going to succeed, right? And I don't think that replacing the Empire with a, a religion is necessarily an upgrade. I think those are at best yeah. trading sideways.
1: Yeah, it's like it's the similar thing when you're watching Dune. It's like, oh yeah, fuck these Harkonnens and the empire, but ooh, holy war jihad Christ, like, galaxy in flames. Ah, that isn't right? yeah, that doesn't necessarily sound better. Um but but yeah, you're right. Like 3 uh, a 3 trillion strong holy war splitting the empire in two doesn't sound like it's uh And that's the other thing. It's like am I really rooting for the empire or am I rooting for the peace and stability of an entire galaxy? Cuz I right. think that's constantly what you got to, you know, your war between like pragmatism and, you know, that, that, that kind of like, well, I guess if you kill a thousand people and it saves a billion that, that, that math checks out versus, well, don't we hold that all lives are, are sacred and on any individual lost is a, is a loss to us all, you know, no man's an Island kind of thing. Um, sure. And it's like, when you're talking like trillions of people, it's, Whew, that 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 calculus i mean that gets that gets real hard so i mm-hmm. i don't know because like i thought that they were this was going to be a high sparrow thing where it's like well you know just like the guy in, in game of thrones like uh he appears very pious and he's trying to but like clearly he is also you know has has delusions of grandeur is serving his own power is you know mm-hmm. is is ambitious um but like she's presenting as like nah i just think you're evil i think this is bad for the galaxy and yeah you know uh and then maybe she's influenced a little bit by harry selden cuz i couldn't help but notice she name checked him but yeah I, I i don't know if she's a protagonist or not because like you said the opposite of mm-hmm. crazy is still crazy sure. uh you the know, opposite of genetic dynasty if it's holy war then that's not the answer either but right. uh, it does seem like she's a true believer which makes her extraordinarily mm-hmm. dangerous to the Empire.
0: Oh, yeah. And and with her charisma and influence. Yeah, it's 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 a problem for the Empire. And, and I'm not saying that not having a clear protagonist here makes this scene bad. I think that it is still super fascinating to watch all of this unfold. I just think I, I'm not necessarily rooting for any of these people
1: to win, even if I am like on the edge of my seat to see how it plays out. Yeah, and there's a lot of really subtle stuff, like the fact that Empire is very good at grandiose gestures, and but he's very bad at personal stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, he wants to make the grandiose chest gesture of grabbing this pilgrim and holding his hand, but then when the man, like, holds him back, he's like, oh my god, a leper's touching me! Like, mm-hmm. it, there's it, that constantly, uh, and the fact that he just can't grapple with the idea that this woman is acting on some belief that doesn't involve like the primacy of herself, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I thought that stuff was all really great. And some of the dialogue, you know, that yes. you call yourself brothers but you're just a reverberation of a dead man's ego. Mhm. Uh the soul a soulless creature cannot recognize itself. There's a lot of like, you know, alien psychology and philosophy here that sounded sounded good when they're when they're talking about it. So and sets up, uh, you know, the turn later so
0: perfectly right um he uses her own words and harry selden's words against them uh and he's gonna prove he's he's gonna not not take it on himself to prove them wrong let let the people the powers they believe in prove them wrong it's yeah kinda and, genius and,
1: and the threat is severe like how many people to take to take your star star bridge down uh you know it turns out two but like if you believe it's a handful it's it's two backwater planets if it's that if it was like you right. know a giant conspiracy. I have 3 trillion followers. Mm -hmm. What can I do if I want to cause problems? Um, Sure. And yeah, other than abdicating the throne, there's no way they can placate her. So, right.
0: All right, let's move on to Lewis getting a little too close to somebody else as they approach the airlock and the rail (laughs) rail guns come online, start shooting at him. Uh, the Imperial officer makes it to the airlock and opens it, shutting off the railguns. And once inside, Farrah kills him. Because is this this seems premature Blan. to kill this guy. I don't know if you're going to need I his so nanobot blood. I, it, they, they make the point very uh, soon after this that, hey, we still need Harden. So maybe don't kill her. But I think the same might go for the guy with the Imperial blood. Yeah, I went to the
1: bridge and it says, okay, okay, everything looks good. Engines are ready to go for a final step. We need an Imperial officer to right. to thumbprint the hyper jump. Then Destroying eh. destroying the Empire requires authorization. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. I like Farah. Ferris seems like she's a little got a little Ahab gene in her. She's yeah. a little bit little bit cuckoo for revenge conuts. Uh <laughs> I and, and I don't know what's gonna where where that or where, where that's gonna take her. Yeah. I am surprised that Lewis even landed on this ring because he seems just like
0: a fuck up all Dude. around.
1: Yeah, he he really does. It's Although thirty I, years I since say. he's done
0: engineering, probably thirty years since he's done physical fitness training.
1: Uh, probably thirty years since he's got laid. I don't know. Yeah, we we're, we'll talk our shit about him, but I think he he <laughs> okay. kind of uh he, he he raises my esteem of him a little bit by the end of this episode. We'll talk about mm. that.
0: All right. Sure, I guess you get throw a punch or two. Uh, all right, Farrah binds Salvor's hands as they venture into Invictus. Lots of uh, dead people in here, environmental systems are down, they get it all turned back on, and then Farrah wants to turn off security, but they have to get closer to the bridge for that. So that's where they head after after taking off their
1: suits. I, th- I Dude. guess. I guess, but it seems premature for that as well. These people have clearly not seen Covenant or Prometheus. Right, uh, right, every time. Don't don't be too quick to take your suit off. There's dead bodies of nothing else. Do you know what kind of decay, what kind of like crazy uh, uh, archaic space herpes they've got on this ship? No, right? you don't know. Turn around, around and know. get a corpse finger in the mouth. That is not good for you. I'm not. I'm not saying don't take your helmet off, but maybe like just keep everything. You know, like what? What if uh, another breach happens? What if mm-hmm. uh, the the ship tries to pump full of neurotoxin to kill you? You, you? you don't know what kind of active defense. Just keep your keep your fucking suit on, man. It's crazy. I know.
0: It's the same thing I thought. It's the same thing I always think. Uh, but you know, they keep those suits, suits are
1: uncomfortable. So I guess take them off. So they, they they blow going back to the previous scene. They blow the commander's head off, like, or they 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 put a round through his head. He goes flying off in the space. Mm-hmm. I wondered if like <laughs> is Hugo going to like re- recoup his body and and like be able to fill up his suit's oxygen or jet meters or like I, I just wondered if like the commander. I, I know this sounds mm-hmm. a little bit like the Swiss Army Man. <laughs> like, yeah, like Hugo surf. come right in the commander back uh, like yeah. a space jet ski yeah. I, I don't know about that but like do you think there's just going to be like the commander's free-floating jet body is going to factor into hugo's return inevitable return to the plot i don't think so
0: it, it, uh, hmm.
1: yeah i don't think so
0: that, w- okay. that would seem a bit much all right all right but who knows who knows Uh, Next up, Lewis notices that the lights are pulsing faster now and determines that this is a countdown to the next jump. We find out that the ship just does that. Uh, It just jumps randomly, has been for a hell of a long time. And they have four hours to get it under control before it jumps again. I think, I mean, technically they have until they die of dehydration or starvation, right? Well, so here's unless they potential... jump into a celestial
1: body that's the only like real danger here but but here's my huge problem won't they all go insane on the first jump oh oh and why is no one acting like that is like the true problem here is this an older type of jump drive that's slower and does not like, that doesn't bend your brainy but like my first thought is like you know when she's like if we don't jump in 4 out, we'll be start start raving mad like these people like you know like implying that like the space madness took all these people but like they're worried about food and air and all the normal shit like not like getting yeah, to no, your cryo chambers right. and sleeping through each jump i i don't know i like i said it's it's possible that it's just an older jump drive i can definitely smooth it over but that was one uh th- that was one uh disbelief suspenser system that started to fluctuate on me when i'm like wait a second Gotcha.
0: Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, I guess they do just have
1: four hours. Uh,
0: we'll see.
1: If well, but I, say, I don't know that like that, that. I don't think that's true because the show is not acknowledging it as if like, that's a problem I'm having with the situation, but it doesn't seem like the show uh, acknowledges that. So gotcha. we'll find out. Uh,
0: maybe these people just don't know that. Is that possible? That can't be possible.
1: Uh, there's no way. Too much. Well, I guess Maybe the anachronons never have taken a fast jump, but Lewis was alive. When,
0: yeah, they, yeah, they have when, to know how. They'd, they'd be Trent like not or, knowing yeah. that
1: oxygen mass pop out of the plane sometimes when they're going right. down. Like even if you've never been on a plane, surely you've seen a movie or you've you've heard tell about the yeah. fact you got a cryo sleep through it. You know, for sure. Uh, okay, Dimrezel suggests that they censor
0: Helima's communication messages uh, to shut down her influence. Brother Day says, nah, I prefer to go on the offense against her uh, and Selden at the same time. And he decides to walk the Great Spiral to let the three goddesses decide who is right and who is wrong. This is a great play. I love it. This is using someone's strengths and turning them into weaknesses. If you can
1: actually do it, you know. Oh, sure. It's very risky, I think. Well, like mm, it's, it's all fun the and games to... Uh to volunteer i'm gonna save the kids rec center by running the marathon and but what if you, <laughs> you get four miles in well, yeah or what if you get like a half mile in like ah, ah i can't you know it's like then then you look right. like a giant asshole so it's a high risk high reward strategy especially since again i don't know what the i don't know what the rules are Yeah, we don't know what the rules are, but I do know they have backups of this dude. So it's not that risky
0: to the Empire. It's risky to this version of Brother Day, this particular clone.
1: And also, let's not kid ourselves. If you if you stake your righteousness on this cause and then die and have to be reincarnated and it gets out like they're going to look really bad for Mm. three trillion of the galaxy's inhabitants. For sure. If that
0: information were to get out. Yeah. 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 Who knows? Who knows what'll happen? Maybe he'll just walk it and have no problem. I, I mean, maybe the, the the nano blood will be the determining factor here. Maybe it's got because it does have healing properties, right? All those uh,
1: the cut that she opens up on the imperial officer heals over almost immediately. Yeah, um, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think he would like sunburn to death. But like you know, it's got a shield technology provide water. It seems like that's. It seems like it's a. It seems like that this is a very hot desert planet. Mm-hmm uh that's salt encrusted so like it's like i I don't know that makes it seem even thirstier like these people's skins are blistering and welting up and yeah yeah i don't don't know if a shield can protect you from exposure or nanobots because like can the nanobots make water
0: Uh, and food not
1: yeah i don't know maybe it's a good question maybe they have Uh, a way to like pull in moisture while the air is in their lungs and like i said that Again, we are in magic technology, like that nano stuff, like instant heal things, the shield, Mm -hmm. like all all this stuff is like way beyond our ability to explain. So maybe, maybe, maybe that's his plan. Yeah, we'll see.
0: Um, I I kind of hope hope it's just as grueling for him as the people in the camp.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Day humbled a little bit, but also like they have made a little bit of hay over. It does seem not very well spread, like the knowledge of how their shield stuff works. Because, you know, they had that scene with the uh, the pleasure palace worker where she didn't know, you know, she's one selected to touch Emperor Day and she doesn't know how to work the shield. So, like, I think it yeah. could be that his nanotech can keep him alive and maybe, uh, you know, Zephyr Halima won't be able to know like that he's had. It, I, I could see I could see this uh, this working out like that he's he's making a uh, a stacked wager. Sure. Could be. Um I think
0: the least interesting way that this plays out is he just dies and fails publicly and has to be reincarnated. <laughs> I just think that's like has to be reclone. It's funny
1: though. The thing is, is like they are telling a story of this like arrogant empire that's in decline. Yeah. doesn't even know it. That's fooling themselves by their statisticians finding new b- benchmarks to like, you know, well, actually it's not, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and, it could be. It could be just <laughs> womp, womp, and it leads the Civil War, and that's where we're going to, you know, we'll catch up to the oh, Empire next boy. year. Yeah, I mean, maybe. yeah. Like, how desperate are things going to look? You know, especially since this guy, he definitely he feels the footsteps of Harry Selden right behind him. Like, oh yeah, this guy that that fear that 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 uh, that that engendered in him. You wonder how much of this is self-fulfilling, like target fixation. They say in a motorcycle class, like if you ever like heading towards a tree, don't look at the tree, look in the direction you want to go. Because if you look at the human body kind of course corrects and steers towards what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he has that kind of target fixation where it's like, yeah. you know, like, and, and another thing that like Harry by informing him about the predictions of, of psycho history are making those predictions even more accurate. I think that stuff yeah. is fascinating to think about, too. Could be. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back.
0: All right, we go back to the Imperial Palace where Brother Don spots Azura planting a note for him. He follows it to a private part of the garden where he takes off his shield bracelet and they make love. He he takes it all off, not just the bracelet. Uh, That would be weird. Never
1: nude. (laughs) Always shield, never nude.
0: (laughs) Afterwards, she gives him devices designed to correct his colorblindness, but he can't use them for fear of his differences being discovered. And those differences are much more than just the color blindness. Uh, she asked if it would be so terrible if he were discovered, and he says, uh, come with me. I've got to show you a few things about life in the Imperial Palace. And he takes her to the clone facility, and also to see Cleon the First, and explains to her how you know they have clones as backups just in case uh, they need them for any reason need to replace him. Uh, and Azura suggests that he hack his face and hack his blood filter his blood take take all that shit out and run away with her and he doesn't he doesn't go for that seems a little extreme but he does let or he does watch her kind of taking public transit on the way home i guess um via in the scar via this hologram dragonfly transmitter thing that he had earlier um and then brother dust comes in interrupts the holo session and uh don says i was just learning about the rest of trantor and brother dusk says there is no rest of trantor trantor is us uh everything that happens outside the palace walls is irrelevant which is
1: amazingly myopic i i think it would be funny if uh dawn takes the express route to see the gardener every time i just that's my head canon like he sees her outside the suicide balcony and he just like jumps down there <laughs> oh that's express give route. me some of, give me some give me give me some of that wolf bloom i, I need some for the pain but he's just like yeah, he's yeah. he's over he's over walking downstairs mm-hmm. um another nice touch they they uh they they airbrushed out his uh, belly button uh oh, okay I remember seeing that with Brother Dark and thinking, you know, it's from a distance and I did not know if it was. But like this. Yeah, they they just uh, uh, remove that. You don't you don't need belly buttons in your clone. Um, no, you got the back butt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought this was interesting that this is not just one aberration. This is not just one deviation. Yeah, that he's got several. He mentions the color blindness. He laces his thumbs differently. He tastes differently. He's, you know, like their favorite meal tastes bitter to them, which I've heard that like like 15 percent of the population broccoli tastes bitter, too, which explains like why some people just don't get with broccoli. Yeah, um, um, I think I think basil is the same way. It tastes like
0: soap to some people. Or is it cilantro? I heard cilantro. cilantro a soapy yes, taste for that's, some people. that's yeah. the one.
1: But yeah, like you know, he eats the starches before meats. They eat the meats before starches, uh, which is if you're going to a buffet, that's the only way to be. You don't want to load up oh, on yeah. the starches, man. That's that's what they want you to do. You want to you want to hit them where it hurts, right in the meat department. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why but, there's oh like every time you step up to a buffet, it's a declaration of war. I di- I don't know why that is, but okay, <laughs> it's capitalism. It's guy kind of, we're just trying to yeah. maximize our our individual value. That's true. Uh, so. There's a lot of fascinating things here. Let me let me let me let me make a couple of statements of fact, and let me see if you agree with me. It is established in this episode that they take all the clones from the source. Yes, the, that's why we have a body of what they call the uh, princep, wasn't it? Yeah, principient. Um, the principient. Yeah, yes. Uh, he what- very specifically words this to
0: say this is the. The cleon from whom we're all extracted, not from, from which we all, you know, descend. derive our lineage or descend or yeah,
1: anything else that, is extracted. That, now, like, I could see them Obi Wan Kenobi weaseling that into being, you know, something more, but like, I think that's fairly un- unambiguous, unless, you know, mm-hmm. some other cleon comes out or Dimmerzel says, no, that's buck fucking bullshit. We're just making copies of copies. I so.
0: I, I, why wouldn't you, right? Like I know DNA has a half-life, but it's in I think the tens of thousands of years, it's or or something along those lines, maybe, maybe the thousands right. of years. So I think they're still well within the window of useful genetic material from Cleon the So why
1: wouldn't you? And do you think that it's in in the 400 year genetic dynasty? Do you think they've ever had to pop a clone out of uh, decantation? Do you think they've ever had the uh, or uh, unscheduled clone decanting, like because they've lost a Cleon or a Cleon went bad or something? Do you think that this has ever happened? Because the way that Cleon was talking and the fact that these clones are ready at hand uh, seems to me that that, that it's mm-hmm. the 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 odds are very low to me that this mm-hmm. has never happened before.
0: If it has happened, I think the only person who would have any knowledge of that would be Dimmerzel, right? Probably unless Although the clones know. experience their own, you know, uh, hatching, I guess, unless the clones are aware enough to realize that they haven't just woken up in their bed. They've yeah. been pulled out of a tank. I would think she'd be the well, only I, one that noticed or to know. See, I
1: was thinking that that uh, like, let's say that they replace this Cleon with a new one. If he's got his memories synced up, then he will have the awareness of the fact that the previous version of him was defective and it's been replaced with something that's not, I think.
0: Yes. What what would that experience be like? Does he all
1: the clones after him is what you're saying? Well, here's a a theory I have. This is a crackpot theory. There's very little evidence in the text. What if essentially all the Cleons have a little bit of a defect? And there is some sort of te- part part of the last thing you do before you get like blessed to go on to be dawn day is you have to prove that you can deal with that without going, you know, up in your feeling like like maybe every one uh-huh. of them has a defect that they conceal from the others. And that that's like a vital part of the clone process that you have to come to grips with, you know, that you that, that it's it's a real act like you have to act like the identical copy, even though you're not necessarily. Because I just don't understand why it would go wrong 400 years. Like, if they're sampling from the source, why it would suddenly go wrong after 400 years? Yeah, I mean, that's the question we're definitely supposed to be asking. Um, and I guess
0: my question would be what, what is with Brother Dusk's words to Don at the end of this scene, where he says, you know, this, it's something that's innate. All, all of these things, this poise, this, this punctuality, all of that is innate to Cleon's. Yeah. Uh, whereas other people have to be taught it and, and earn it. Um, th- that I, I think conflicts with the idea that there would be something wrong with every clone. I wonder if that's what he the may roles be speaking the, in a certain, you know, certain well, point of that view, might be one of the roles kind of, of the
1: dusk. The the brother dusk is to like, be the kind of the last person that, that passes the sniff test. And maybe that's, there's something because I, I've been kind of discounting everyone saying, Oh, the last brother darkness said there's something wrong. Maybe that is like, maybe he didn't know something was wrong and mm-hmm. that's kind of his role. And, and Demer's kind of shoved him into the oven a little bit. Um, could be, yeah I don't know like I said that's a, that's a crackpot theory that's fact that all the Cleons and it's kind of like this this paranoid war of them trying to conceal their problems from each other um, mm-hmm. and maybe all because of the way it is they all feel like they're the only ones that know this and maybe that's part of like making the genetic dynasty work I, I don't know um, maybe, maybe the, the original Cleon uh, wanted there to be slight genetic flaws in all of his copies just so they never eclipse him hmm. uh you know sometimes you have that problem with mentors when your mentee starts to surpass you it's like ah, i don't know i don't want you to be that brilliant you know just enough <laughs> to reflect your brilliance back on me uh i don't know because there's a there's a dichotomy here too between uh like i really liked what the like the one cleon said when she says well they can't replace you your empire and he's like i'm no more empire than this guy and mm-hmm. no more empire than the guy in the last chamber and I thought that was interesting. And then the dichotomy between how the empire feels about the scar, it's their greatest failure versus the people living in the scar, seeing this as an uh, uh, opportunity and growth, because I don't know, I'm not exactly sure why. I mean, clearly physically just being able to see the sky if if you're 50 floors down and the roof just got torn (laughs) off. You can see the real sky. Yeah. But literally, there seems to be some, something about the scar and opportunity for like advancement. And, uh, well, it's a change of know, perspective, uh, right? It's, it's a disruption of the status quo. And
0: we're going through that right now in our society with COVID. Um, sure. We have a, something is happening, right? Something is changing. It used to,
1: it used to be a certain way and people are yeah, reevaluating how their lives are going to go. Um, we we can, yeah, whether you're going to fast food, whether you're ordering mm-hmm. stuff off Amazon, whether you're going there, we're all feeling like the supply line disruptions, the labor Where you're going to work, whether you're going to work, all um, that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so any disruption to the
0: status quo is uh, an opportunity, right? You can you can certainly see it that way if you're one of these underclasses.
1: Yeah. What's that? Uh, they say the Chinese word for crisis is the two words of danger and opportunity mm-hmm. because, you know they are yeah uh i think harry Seldon might agree with that as well uh-huh uh so they they also outline a, pro, a, a process by which a prince or a, an emperor might flee like like pull a man in the iron mask or uh you know like 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 switch out with his twin mm-hmm. um a little face off a little nano filtering and i feel like she's just naive Or she's literally a satanic temptation. This is yet another Mm -hmm. control on the empire that they, they, you know, that, but that I go back to my objection of this being a plot because like, how the hell do you put this person in the place where he was going to commit suicide out here? I I don't know. Unless everyone Mm -hmm. that kind of is in roughly the sphere of the emperors is also a emperor going crazier off the script kind of like detection tool. Which, I, hell, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to leave uh,
0: Psycho History in the purview of, of the Foundation and yeah. Harry Seldon. Um, I, I don't think the, the Empire has these sort of predictive capabilities.
1: I think they're more reactive. It's more of a, a, a system of control, kind of like, I think, the, mm-hmm. uh, the Gossamer Court. That felt very much like something the old Cleon put together to, like, spy on his younger clones. Like, you know, uh, yeah, they they their memories are wiped before they go off world, but not before brother dust gets to sift through the things for tidbits about, you know, I, I it's like checks and balances. It feels like all these dawns mm-hmm. and days and dust. They have slightly different responsibilities and rules and restrictions and freedoms. And I, th- it's got to be something that they kind of keep each other in check. It's got to be. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, there, that could certainly be in place, but when you're talking about putting a specific person in a specific place at a specific time and assuming that they will have specific feelings about that person as opposed to yeah. catching a glimpse of the, the gardener across the courtyard and, you know, having the hots for her or whatever, it, it it's – yeah, th- there are too many assumptions there. There's too many coincidences and necessities of timing and and – I just don't buy that that could be a control mechanism. I, I think I Oscar Court definitely could be,
1: but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how. Although I guess the other thing is uh, the the Master of Shadows could like even if she's not like it, it's entirely possible he's leaned heavy on her, threaten her family, and be like, "You've got to play along with this because we're test." I- like I said, this is all wild, stark, raving, crazy. conspiracy. I wouldn't After read this fact, feedback sure. if I sent it to myself on the show. Uh-huh. I'd be like, this is thin shit. But, you know, <laughs> this is not supported.
0: Yeah, at all. There's
1: a little bit of benefit to being behind the microphone. <laughs> sure. Uh, all right. Let's move on
0: to the third part of this episode. The Harry Selvin bit. Uh, he's still writhing around on the floor of the ship that Gale is on, or at least his uh, hollow image is. Um, But apparently it's more than that. His consciousness was uploaded uh, to the ship, but it was incomplete. And I don't know what incomplete means here. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that. But Gale manages to sort of talk him back to reality here. And Harry's in disbelief that Rache called such a huge audible on his plan. Since Gale was supposed to be in charge of the first foundation on Terminus. Gale tells Harry that Rache is dead. And then he goes back to writhing around and screaming. (laughs) Uh, holy shit that's a big deviation right am i crazy yeah no
1: we (laughs) we were thinking like man this is a lot of audibles called and like yeah harry's the ghost of harry confirms that shit that's a lot of audibles i'm having an existential crisis about it that might kill the ship (laughs) even more Uh, so though i didn't realize that gail was supposed to be the leader of the foundation that that is that huge. made sense. I, I also like this, totally I also does. like the shot to take at Lewis, where it's like Lewis is in charge. Oh, he's a. He can settle the planet, but the first crisis, they'll they'll fold like an accordion. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor Lewis. Uh, from beyond the grave, uh, he spits at the. Do you? um so i i actually i don't know what it means to have an incomplete uh transfer to be interrupted violently or whatever but it does seem like one of the symptoms is it keeps you stuck in the loop of you being in your death throes Mm -hmm. and i thought it was interesting the way they depicted gail like almost talking harry through a panic attack is what it felt like right you know like hey this you're into here now this isn't some past trauma you know, it, it's 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 kind of like the way you would uh, talk someone through like a, like a panic attack or hyperventilation or something like that. So uh mm-hmm. I felt like it wasn't uh, whatever the you know defrag state of his hard drive is that it's not something that's fatal. It's just something that is hard for a human consciousness to wrap its mind around.
0: Yeah. Very disorienting. Um, yeah. Yeah. And by the end of the episode, he seems to be pretty much back to normal. Normal. Harry Seldon uh in digitized form but who knows maybe some glitches will manifest
1: later but it's it must be and and it must be some some big psychohistory problem because he completely has a mental breakdown Mm -hmm. and another panic attack over finding that Raish is is dead uh to the extent that the ship stops working um
0: I wonder if it's going to be easier for him to examine and analyze psychohistory now that he's got the computing power of potentially infinite numbers of
1: computers, maybe free from to a human ego brain and some of the other passions and like, you know, like his maybe, candid, uh,
0: we, maybe. we're
1: not to set that, but like his candid uh, evaluation is reason that uh, he didn't die on Trantor is because he's afraid of dying. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't want to die. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming assimilation will not ed- suffer ed- from that flaw. But again, I, like you, I'm I don't like I said, I'm I'm not balking at the idea of this memory transfer. It's a well, well-worn science fiction concept. But what what exactly does it mean? Because if it's mm-hmm. if it's if it's a literal copy, I don't know why Cleon doesn't do that. Like, like, why isn't you just literally transfer your consciousness again and again and again, or just have I mean, one they artificial kind construct? Of that's, are
0: too right? It's it's not, but they don't. They don't, but they do to their own clones. It's weird. Like they get the stream of yes. consciousness into the clone that is their age, but not. Maybe it's like, oh well, an undeveloped mind couldn't handle this. This the particular way we do this, so you only get it when you're a certain age. I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I I I was wondering that myself, like, what are the rules around it? Because mm-hmm. if you have this perfect memory consciousness transfer that you can pull off, why wouldn't you do it? But there again, like yeah. it's an open question of like, is this because we know that that first few cloning processes were kind of um like unique things. You know, that never before will an old Cleon uh hand over the reins to a newborn child, you know, like from there. So like and and Presumably, Demerzel had a lot to do with the ritual, and you know the rules and restrictions, and um, you know, like why can't Brother Dusk go visit (laughs) the cloning facilities when Brother Don can just bring his fucking secret girlfriend in there? Thing, right? I was going to
0: say for a secret cloning facility, they know every single one seems to know an awful lot about it.
1: Yeah, I do wonder. Yeah, I wonder like how much of this is like Cleon's original plan and how much of this is Demerzel coloring outside the lines and how much of it is just cultural drift and like the subtle whims of empires since. But but yeah, maybe the idea was to transfer his consciousness and the baby wasn't ready in time, so they came up with this this other plan instead. I mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. but There could be some surprises in store for us. There could be. I mean, the, the obvious biggest thing that Harry Seldon's
0: consciousness upload does is it resurrects him, pretty effectively, um, and allows him to continue to pull strings if he would so choose. I do wonder. More Jared
1: Harris has <laughs> a.
0: yes, yeah. It, it enables us to see more Jared Harris. Uh, I, I do wonder why he needs to be at, in a Helicon, or if he needs to be there at all. Maybe he just wants to be there. Maybe this is a sentimental place for him to be, not necessarily That's a good strategic place for him to be.
1: Uh, but, and and why yeah, why, why Raish why send Raish here? Like, what is what what does he need? Um, yeah, to be retrieved. Uh, and 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 is this mission even possible now that you've got Gale? Um, right. Yeah, but we, we we can we can hold off some of that discussion for the next because we haven't even gotten to the most the most Harry Selden yet. Yeah, for sure. Um, first, we're gonna go back to Farah's
0: group, encountering an energy barrier which Salvor disables. And then they enter an area with toxic floor sludge. I don't know. It's a it's cooling system for the old jump drives. And they decide to fight the Anacreons. Uh, they lose one Foundation scientist and an Anacreon to the sludge. And then Ferris spells out her plan for Invictus, which is to jump it right to Trantor and destroy the entire planet.
1: Uh, I wonder how these cooling pools work when the environmental systems are turned off and there's no gravity. Hmm. Well, if if so here's
0: what I think this always is gravity in this area. I think this is the nuclear technology that we lost from the books. I think uh, nuclear technology was used to power the old jump drives, um, and this is the the cooling system for that. And so, if that's the case, so you would pretty much constantly need it to be cooled, right? Um, the, those things yeah, don't really shut if you're off jumping
1: every couple uh, every random interval, and this jump drive apparently either. It essentially has an infinite power to draw from or never needs recharging or doesn't need fueling for a long long time yeah yeah uh, uh, so I I, yeah. I don't know maybe I'm assuming too much here
0: but that's well that's I mean what I that, like I
1: said I think that I mean I'm, I'm hoping the show didn't forget something like you go crazy if you're folding space but like mm-hmm. you might be right that this is an entirely like we're not going to have a giant black hole in the middle of these rings it's going to be like you said the nuclear technology that's like older, more uh, archaic, but uh, doesn't make you go crazy. So I
0: mean, I assume it would have to still have a similar mechanism of travel. Like you'd have to fold space. I I don't know. It depends on how closely they're going to adhere to what we understand about physics currently. Um, yeah, because yeah, they well, could they just make it magic. But then I don't know why go to the crazy making uh black hole jump drives instead it's of it's gotta me. be
1: faster like that's the thing it's like there's you, you wouldn't you wouldn't unless it uh, yeah. has some kind of advantage yeah. so um that, sure. and that maybe it's faster and, and also like I'll, I'll I uh it wouldn't be the first science fiction show to fuck up their own canon so like if they they if, if they just overlooked the fact that there's space madness because you know whatever various reason they want to gesture to okay I'm not going to get too pissed about it
0: yeah uh All right, and then let's talk about this final scene here. Harry is gone, and so is a life support inside Gale's ship, and she's dying, but then Harry comes back and saves her. Um, He's now inside the computer. I don't know. Uh, Harry explains why he had to die and how it set up the foundation for future success, and then Gale gets all pissed off because his plan was more important to her than Raich and her being together, and she calls him a hypocrite because he didn't let the Emperor kill him, even though it would have meant that the plan fell into place much earlier. And just as guaranteed and Harry presses Gail about why she was in his cabin when Rache killed him. She says, ah, I had a premonition. And then she realizes she can feel the future and she catches a stray piece of debris that would have killed her. Uh, you yeah. have to ask yourself if she didn't have the premonition, would she have been standing in the place where the debris That's would have true. killed her?
1: it's, it's a, really it's a, a be very to later.
0: Yeah, very, would you have broken the vase? Would you have eaten the cookies matrix kind of thing?
1: I do notice that Harry comes back and he's much more composed and he's much more <laughs> colder. Like, you know, this uh, essentially, you knew what you were getting into. Don't give me this, you know, don't complain and cry now. Um, this is a Harry that the die has been cast and it's too late to back out. And he's not going, he's going to use every bit of emotional leverage and manipulation he can to keep you on, on task, which... Interesting because you know Harry's I think this is the least friend like this feels a lot more like like for uh, early season uh Harry was much more like early books Dumbledore and Harry Potter and then like this he's turning into late stage Dumbledore where it's like oh he's actually manipulating a child to <laughs> to his own death for his own for his own ends. Um hmm. I, well, I I think that there's so the other thing they revealed, I think this is something we surmised too that he was already dying. Yeah. He had this Lethe syndrome, which we don't know what it is, but it's some kind of like super space Alzheimer's. It was going to cause a severe cognitive decline. And so it wasn't just, hey, this needs a martyr and a mythical figure to lead them, but also I'm going to die anyway. So what's the biggest bang for the buck?
0: Well, not even just um, I'm going to die anyway, but I need to die before I lose my martyrdom, before I lose the symbol of what I am currently. Right. Sure. Because if he devolves into uh of raving lunatic or whatever some crackpot as he says people aren't going to follow him yeah, yeah. psychohistory
1: will die with him so yeah he has to prematurely kill himself here and how much of his own life has been a performance so you're, this is the, and this is the crucial thought between predicting individuals behavior and an individual's behavior affecting the state of psychohistory that like i think yeah. this is a great example of him you know saying that like uh you know but you wanted to found the foundation you wanted and he's like yeah i said that as loudly and as often as i could because he was building the narrative mm-hmm. um and with that narrative built he could be confident that when xyz happened that it would make abc happen so that's like i said we're 7 episodes in i think if you're not getting comfortable with the distinction between individual predictions and and this uh engineering the narrative then you're going to have a bad time going forward yeah but um so was she so like um because I, I i couldn't the first time i watched this i couldn't quite figure out what was happening here with her holding this di- but i guess the idea was she was starting to get worried about uh this debris disc mm-hmm. it looks like an accreation disc for a black hole they're calling it a dark star i think dark star and black hole are probably roughly synonymous yeah um, but she was carrying essentially like a like a piece of armor plating for like mm-hmm. if if uh, a micrometeor would hit the outside of a hole, she could slap that and, right? That's, is that what she uh-huh. thought it was too? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. that's what I'm assuming. Because the show doesn't, a lot of times the technology doesn't explain what the hell's going on. It just it expects you to kind of like uh, uh, catch up as, as it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um. And the other thing this scene does, I
0: think is, well, it, it confirms a lot of the theories about uh, her seeing the future that we had, but also I think it starts to firm up a little bit what's going on with Harden as well. Um, if it, it, there's still that sure. missing piece of like who Salvor Harden is, but I think it's becoming clearer and clearer that these powers of, of foresight are connected and that she is probably Gail's child.
1: Yeah, it's definitely looking to be that that's all that's all lining up the whole uh, you know Gale plus race equals Salvor uh, theory so is looking to be a more and more of a fact and yeah. I, I, I wonder if that's why uh, Harry so my question is did Harry already know that Gale was special in this way through some weird way like of deduction or like arriving at the test parameters to find a person that would be this special um, or was he freaking out that he didn't account for a thing and he went, withdrew into the ship and did some advanced calculation, which caused the ship to essentially shut down all vital functions except for his thinking process. And when he came back online, he had refactored, he, he had surmised her capabilities and refactored it back in, which is why he's much more calming, calmer and leading her to this re, re, revelation about herself.
0: I hadn't considered that, but it seems plausible. He definitely understands that something is
1: going on with her. And, like I said, when he comes back after that, that, uh, where she's like dying on the floor, he's just so much more composed and like back to the professor at the blackboard with all the variables in hand, mm-hmm. chalk, chalk, chalking chalk in his, his is, is at his fingertips back, you know, like it felt like back in control. And he knew he didn't need Gail to tell him all these things. He was leading her to understand something about herself. I, I, I thought that, uh, you know again this is the third step martin revolved kind of slap or re- reveal slappy with the, the truth but like the way they did that with the editing where she was kind of like stuck in her own little loop analogous to the maybe harry's loop is death loop mm-hmm. uh of, of realization of what was going on and her true nature and why she's special and all the things you know any if you've missed any of them the fact that she foreknew the destruction of the star bridge the fact that she had some lines of dialogue fed to her before the fact that she's able to open her eyes during the space thing. Mm I was thinking about JJ Johnson's uh, feedback this week where he was talking about uh, Gail, like being unstuck mentally uh, in time, man, it, it seemed like to make a lot more sense because it doesn't feel like standard precog so much as she is just a little, just, just like just a couple seconds ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might. He, I, I I didn't think much of that at the time I was reading it, but this this episode I felt like that is a little bit that 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 quickly looping kind of realization uh uh vignette that they were showing us. I thought that that's maybe where they're pointing. What do you do? You, do you see what I'm saying, or do you not agree? Or
0: yeah, I mean, on that? It, it seems to be something that isn't conscious on her part, right? Um, it just kind of comes to her, and it and it doesn't happen. It's not happening constantly. It's just every once in a while. I wonder if there's any connection between the things that she's been, uh, foreseeing and their meaning.
1: Yeah. And it's like, I want to say that it, it happened dur- like what happened to her during the hyperspace jump is what caused it. But like, if she didn't have something special about her, why would she wake up in the middle of the hyper jump? Like that mm-hmm. never happens. Like the show has established that that n- literally never happens. The spacers like, what the fuck are you doing awake? You know, yeah, I mean,
0: this, the clone differences, are these accidents or are these things that are happening for bigger reasons? I don't know. I don't know. Are they engineered? Is it possible
1: that that Harry somehow paid off uh, or like somehow engineered her exposure to this, the warp, knowing that she would develop this ability, that it would be. But I don't know. The guy, the that Harry coming tough. back, the life seemed like he was freaking the fuck out about all this stuff. So I, uh, I don't know that he accounted for that.
0: Yeah, there's a lot he didn't account for here. Uh, this is, like I said, a big audible. Uh, we'll see how it plays out going forward. But I'm excited, man. Uh I know a, if you've listened to our our David S Goyer interview that we just posted this past week you know that coming up is one of his favorite episodes of the season season uh, episode 8 so the favorite episode yeah yeah and they have set up a lot of interesting stuff so I'm excited I I think we're going to get to Helicon we're going to see what Harry is driving toward here uh by going there we're going to start to see you know more of the battle unfold over on the
1: Maiden uh, it, yeah, I, I'm super excited for this next week, and I love that ending shot of that long, cold blue hallway that opens out into the little observation deck, just bathed in the hellish red light of Helicon. I also think, like, man, what's it like to live on Helicon? Because, like, yeah, you just live like you're you're like in a McDonald, like like a, uh, a a warmer, a French fry warmer, you know, just constantly bathed in this well, this I this mean, red demonic light. We'll see, I don't even know what this
0: planet looks like at this point with the dark star uh that it's orbiting and this debris field. Like surely there's not like an active civilization on this planet, right? Anyone with in- even half a brain would have gotten off this place long ago.
1: Seems like it. Uh But then again, Harry something guy, like this doesn't half a brain.
0: Th- this doesn't happen in Harry's lifetime either. So Harry was born on Helicon, which means there must still be an active civilization as of like 60 years ago
1: and 60 years is not a dark star kind of time period right no 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 so well, here's one here's one thought I had when I saw that like everything's like super fucking red and you know if you've ever worked in an environment like a dark room or if you're, you ever use like a red flashlight to just not destroy your night vision you I know that, like to drink milk in in red rooms. <laughs> yeah I love it oh Jesus that thick, thick yeah like yeah okay all right vampire uh <laughs> <laughs> the uh but but it completely distorts your sense of color and i wonder yeah. if there like this is another incoming aaron crackpot theory but i wonder if there's something related to the empire being red green colorblind with harry selden Love growing it. up on a planet that only is bathed in red light so mm-hmm. i wonder i like i don't i don't, I a don't have a theory for they how they those things intersect the but there is something yeah. there's a potential there's a potential uh, tie in there because Seems like yeah. he'd have uh, similar kind of vision challenges when it comes to differentiating color. Harry is spawned from a long line of dragonfly robots, <laughs> which is <laughs> how he's able to upload his consciousness. There's mm. going to be a, a whole cloud, <laughs> nano cloud of dragonfly drones. Mm-hmm. Very cool. All right, that's it, man. I think we've exhausted all
0: possible talking points. We've, we've,
1: got a, we've got a solid foundation. You've heard from mm-hmm. us. You've heard from our, uh, about our crackpot theories. Uh, what about yours? If you uh, have some ideas, some questions, comments, uh, insights, predictions, send those in to foundation at baldmove.com. Of course, we're going to take the weekend to absorb what we've just seen. And uh, we'll come back next week to do a feedback episode. That'll be out Tuesday. But you can send all those thoughts to Foundation at baldmove.com and uh, we will consider them. And if we have time, read them. Uh, that's it for this week. I uh, can't wait to see this, whatever. I mean, there's got like the, the favorite episode is the eighth. He uh, described the tenth as some fucked up shit happening, I believe. Uh, so there's some, some bangers, as, as you come to expect from prestige dramas, or I guess pulp prestige science fiction opera dramas. A lot of times the penultimate and ultimate episodes are doozies, but apparently episode eight's a real humdinger too. I'm excited. I can't wait to see it. Uh, tell us what you think. Foundation of dot And until the next time I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. See ya.